Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we will be discussing details from previous episodes and the episode that we're currently discussing, of course. I'm Michelle Branch, and I'm playing Sad Songs at the Bronze tonight. And I honestly don't remember who I am off the top of my head, but I do know that magic is just balderdash and chicanery. Yes. <laughs> A fun game, and my favorite episode of Better Call Saul. Mm. Harrison, what episode are we watching today? Oh, excuse me. Michelle, what episode are we watching this week? <laughs> well, mysterious man who's in my house. <laughs> we are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 6, Episode 8, Tabula Rasa. This is the one... Or, or as, um, as you said when we started, Tabula, Tabula Rasa. <laughs> uh, you know, as I said it, I was going to... Uh, I was going to say... Rasa normally I was just gonna say tabula rasa and then I was like no that's not funny enough um, it really does sound like some sort of Greek Mediterranean fusion <laughs> food which probably I would probably try oh hell yeah <laughs> um uh this is the one where because of Willow's arrogance recklessness and just general lack of regard for other people uh the gang has their memories wiped and uh, leading to uh, quite wacky fun shenanigans and then heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> they really set you up and then just knock you the fuck down with this episode. Misery, <laughs> hopelessness, heartlessness, heartache, and woe. That's from uh, Cry Baby the Musical. Uh-huh. Um, Tabula Rasa was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner. Is this her first episode that she's written? No, she's written a few others. And uh, was directed by David Grossman and originally aired on November 13th, 2001. You could have knocked me over with a feather when I was writing the intro for this and looking up the writer and director for this because... I I just started to type Jane Espenson <laughs> before even checking because this feels like a Jane episode. And I mean that all compliments to Rebecca Aaron Kirshner for, for what she accomplished with this episode. Uh, yeah, I actually have like a comment about that when we get into it. All right, let's hit it. Jason. Harrison. What are you drinking today? Just some Franzia Dark Red Blend. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. I am drinking a, uh, a lovely gin in tonic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really going out of the way to make make things sound like they're from other countries. Yes. <laughs> um, my theater teacher in high school used to uh, always refer to Kroger, where I worked at the time, as the K. Roger. Uh, you always be like, oh, Harrison, are you going to the K. Roger after <laughs> rehearsal? Um, my, uh, my family always called it K. Rogers. <laughs> no. All right, so a toast. Uh, I'm going to do our toast this week to our dear friend uh, and friend, frequent guest of the pod, Mr. Ben Gearhart. Mm-hmm. Um, he was originally going to be our guest for this episode. Um 
but he has a full-time job and is a full-time student and it's nearing the end of his semester so he just couldn't make the schedule work unfortunately um but we are proud of him for living his life because uh, he's a cool dude he's a cool dude cheers he's been my friend for many years yes been my friend for many years but far fewer than yours how long actually have you all you met in high school right yeah i met my freshman year so like the first play that we did 2004 wow um so it's actually really funny um like uh, in 2014 uh when him my friend alex and i went to uh disney world and universal studios we went um as like i asked i asked ben like hey we're coming up on 10 years of being friends like you want to do something like go on like a day trip or something because we had done day trips before mm-hmm. uh but it turned out that uh and then he's just like oh yeah like i always want to go to harry potter world and I'm like okay that's a bigger trip than i thought but we <laughs> made it happen and we had a good time and this is obviously before we knew about like uh before we were well aware of uh jk's uh awful views yeah. so less less inclined to go to harry <laughs> potter world as of now but funny story about uh me meeting ben kind of met him by accident okay. um so uh my brother was a senior when i was a freshman in high school and uh, i had always wanted to do like plays um in grade school my grade school didn't have any but st x obviously did um and when I said that I was going to audition for a play, my brother said like, oh, you should look for my friend Ben. Um, he does plays. And I heard, and so I heard somebody like refer to Ben Gerhardt as Ben. And I'm like, oh, that must be my brother's friend. And so like we just started talking and things went well from there. I had no idea until like maybe a day or two later that... My brother's referring to a different Ben, um, who, who I'm also friends with, re, uh, reconnected in, over the past year. Nice. Uh, but no, like, uh, it, it is funny that uh, because of that, I got, like, probably the best friend I've ever had in the whole world. Beautiful. I love that. Um, all right. Before we dive in, let's do a little etymology lesson uh, for listeners who don't might not know. Uh, tabula rasa means uh, blank slate. Um, and it's also uh, references philosophical um, theory that essentially we're all born just like complete blank slate um, and uh, that all knowledge that we have comes from like experience and perception. We are born with nothing. Um, a lot of philosophers talked about this subject. Um, probably one of the most famous ones is John Locke. Although, ironically, the third episode of Lost, which is also entitled Tabula Rasa, is not a Locke-centric episode. It's a Kate episode. Because there isn't, like, Locke's first episode doesn't happen until, like, what, four or five? It's Yeah, it's the, it's the fourth episode, okay. Walkabout. Mm-hmm. Oh, a stunning piece of television. Like that, That's great. That final montage and the reveal is, like, I was on the floor. Mm-hmm. I, I, anyway, but we're not here to talk about Lost. Not but, today. You know, you know we, we've always tossed around, <laughs> always tossed around the idea because you know we're like we're we're nearing the end of Buffy, no. and after that it'll be the end of Angel. We always tossed around the idea of like if we did do a if we did do a, like a podcast after that, what we would do, and 
Lost kind of like came up between both of us. Yeah. So. Well, it would make sense too because in the same way that Buffy kind of defined an era of television, Lost so kind of defined the next, yeah. almost the next era, pretty yeah. much. I mean, Lost would have Lost started airing two thousand six, two thousand two thousand four. Oh, okay. So right after Buffy ended, mm-hmm. um, just a, one season away. It's weird. I don't think of those shows as being so close together, but like. They are. Ugh. Anyway, um, Tabula Rasa. So, and, you know, um, one thing, uh, I can't remember where I heard this from, but every time I hear, like, the term blank slate, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people, like, saying, oh, I want to get a, uh, like, you know, I want to start with a blank slate. I want to, like, have, like, forget everything as well as I can. And I remember hearing, and it was probably on a TV show, but uh, they were saying, like, actually, you know what? It might be from The Dark Knight Rises, and it might be something that Catwoman said. But it's like, mm. you know, you know, like, how hard it is to get a slate clean, because, like, you know, if you're referring to the slate that people write on, or tablets, tabula, there you go, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, even if you, like, try to, like, wash it off or whatever, it never gets completely clean or blank. Yeah. Is that from The Dark Knight Rises? I'm pretty sure, because I think the program that she's trying... Because it's like a program she's trying to steal. I think it's called Tabula Rasa. It is. Well, it, it's called The Blank Slate. I don't know if it's actually called okay. Tabula. But either way. Um, but yeah, so I always kind of think about that. It's like kind of a way of like, oh, it's in, it's like almost impossible to like wash away the past. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe some of that themes comes into this. Yeah. Um... So, we start off the episode Buffy patrolling in the cemetery. Just like last episode. <laughs> yeah, just like most of them. Actually, I would love to see a ratio of like uh, of like episodes that start at in the cemetery, in the library, the library or in the bronze. <laughs> like, uh, magic shop. Magic box 2 would be good one to see. But uh, this week we're in the cemetery. Um... Buffy is patrolling, and then who should show up? The perpetual thorn in her side, and uh, tongue in her mouth. Yeah, I was, I was like, <laughs> the I was perpetual like, tongue in her mouth. Well, I was gonna say, and in her nether regions, but I, like, I was like, is that too gross? And then I remembered I'm me, uh, and I have a brand. You're too. kind, of, you're kind of gay. I'm kind of gay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Spike shows up, and he's like, hey, remember when we kissed? Eh? 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 He's like, you know, the rising music, and the rising music. And she's like, fuck off, dude. You can very much tell that he has thought about this more than she has. <laughs> I, well, I'd say she's probably thought about it a lot, but... She's got other stuff. Thoughts. Yeah, She's having, yeah. She's, and she's like, also like dealing with the whole like oh now everybody knows that yeah. I was in heaven, and um, so yeah she's like I'm never gonna touch kiss you I'm never even going to touch you and then of course she has to tackle him to save him from a spike being thrown or a stake being thrown at him sorry um, that's later <laughs> this episode's got me all topsy turvy and um, it's uh, but uh, it is a it's a lone shark. A literal loan shark. shark. Um, and I was telling Harrison, like, the idea of this character and the design is silly. Oh, yeah. But I love it so much. It's so phenomenal. It's, yeah. 
I I want to I want to know who pitched that. Who in the writers' room was like, okay, yo, what if we had a villain who was a lone shark? Like, that's like, kind of lame. Like, no, 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 a lone shark, the yes. criminal lawyer. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So he is a literal walking shark in a suit, um, which we he's talked a, about he's in a our street shark. Is, uh, mm, I don't know. He's giving me a little, little bi vibes, uh, but what? all sharks are bi. What did Street Shark have to do with? Oh, that? I thought you said Straight Shark. No, Street <laughs> Shark, like the cartoon. I thought you said Street Shark. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I stand by my statement that he's bi, um, but I mean it. I, I honestly couldn't get a reading on him because you know he's like an anthropomorphic shark, but uh, but no, I mean it's like the street shark cartoon. Yes, oh, those were fun. Street sharks. I mean, they weren't just fun; they were jawsome. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't remember the last time I thought about the street shark. <laughs> it's today. Um, <laughs> um, I do want to throw. Uh, we got a, this uh, uh, bit of foreshadowed. Uh, foreshadowing in our uh, restless episode um, in uh, Xander's dream when he comes across Giles and Spike on the swing set Spike is wearing the suit that he was wearing in this episode uh, they talk about a shark who walks on land um, there you go so that that to me leads me to believe that this idea had been pitched like a long time ago and they're like oh yeah we'll work that in well, somewhere well I think we discussed this in restless <laughs> er, in the restless episode because Obviously, there were things that, you know, at that point, Buffy, like, they were wrapping up their story, possibly the end of the series, Mm -hmm. with season five, the next season. Yeah. So, it seemed like, but Restless does incorporate stuff past season five. Mm -hmm. So, um, it could be that, uh, and, like, two of the big things are uh, Spike wearing this suit and referring to Giles as his father. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then, like, you know, talking about the shark walks on land. So, I think it's, yeah, I think it is, like, something that they had, like, conceived of, but they're like, well, we may not be able to get to it, but what if we put it in yeah. the dream sequence? Because that's the thing with the dreams, is they can put anything they want in there, because it's so abstract, that if they don't get to it, okay, it's just a weird thing, and like if they the, do, like then, the like, cheese man. like, the cheese man. Um... So, uh, Buffy successfully intimidates the, uh, lone shark and his, uh, his vampire minions away. Um, she is suitably annoyed that they, she owes the land shark cats. Kittens. Uh, kittens, yes. I'm sorry. I'm so yeah, sorry. Because if you take, like... Time yeah, turns kittens t- into cats. turn kittens into cats, and apparently cats are just fucking worthless. Worthless. Um, <laughs> has it been established i'm trying to remember if this has actually been established or if it's something that's coming in the future is it been have they confirmed why it's kittens no i don't think so because i think the only thing we've seen of kittens is, is the, poker, the game. poker okay that's what i thought um so then i'll we'll we'll save that for put a, a pin little, in little oh no they put pins in them <laughs> <laughs> in it not them um so uh while Buffy is uh, intimidating the lone shark, Spike just like skulks <laughs> off. 
<laughs> he like beats a little out. asshole. <laughs> um, and I do love how Buffy just comments like, oh, you know, every time I keep saving it, I make it a little harder for me. Right? <laughs> just let him die. Um, but uh, we go from here to uh, Xander's apartment. Secret Scoobies. Yes, the Secret Scoobies have gathered... Um, to discuss what they learned uh, about Buffy being in heaven, and um, they're having, they're all having a lot of feelings about it. Anya is very f- focused on and curious about what it was like for Buffy. And I, I was a little annoyed with Xander, like kind of shutting her down. And I really appreciated Tara. First of all, I really appreciate Tara. Mm-hmm. Basically, everything about her in this episode. But I liked her validating Anya's feelings and being like, no, it's totally cool to, like, wonder. Yeah, I think at this point, like, um, I think, obviously, Willow's taking it the hardest. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Anya's just trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Tara's trying to play the, uh, play like the, hey, let's gather all of our thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, like, try to be the support for everyone. And Xander is... Xander's kind of in the panic mode. Yeah. Um, like I feel for his feelings, too, of, like, obviously, I feel bad about this, but I also feel weird about being, you know, sad that my friend's not dead. Like, mm-hmm. um, Well, yeah, because, I mean, how do you... I feel like if they knew how to tackle this situation, then, you know, they probably couldn't have stopped Willow in her tracks, but you know, could have, like, given themselves a little bit of time, like, hey, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, a better suggestion than, like, a movie night, though. Hey, guys, a, bo- a movie night or a book club, that that cures more than you'd think. Yeah. Get it's social interaction. It's very, um, I do appreciate a, a moment of self-reflection, self-reflection from Willow. Uh, it's brief, but it is there, which she, um, Xander says something like, we didn't know, and Willow says, we didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there it is, Willow. Keep on that train. She, she doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> she, gets, she gets off. like uh, Immediately. I would say... <laughs> the doors that, haven't even closed yet, and she's like, oh, I'm off. I would say that... Um, well, you could argue that once more with feeling, kind of like, or maybe even the episode beforehand, um, with her casting the initial spell on Tara... That that, like, kind of made her a bit of a villain. Mm-hmm. But at this point, especially in this episode, she feels like more of a villain than oh, yeah. the trio do at all. Because, like, I mean, shit, we haven't heard from the trio in a while. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because at least in the last two episodes, it was... You know, we see her in this episode kind of oblivious to the fact that what she did was wrong. I mean, obviously she knows it was wrong because... She wouldn't have hidden it if she didn't. But, like, she she does seem to... She doesn't real, seem to realize... See, she doesn't seem to have realized the scope of how wrong it was. And when it's spelled out plainly by Tara, just a beautiful monologue that she gives. But Willow has a moment of self-reflection of, you know, where we see her, like, scared that what she's done, she's going to lose Tara. And... um we, like I said, she's that self reflection happens for like a moment, and then that arrogance, that you know, the this this um, 
power trip that she's on. Yeah, like, it, and you know, through. I think it, it it's it's an interesting look at her arc in the series mm-hmm. so far because you know she was she like you know she was the nerdy girl in mm-hmm. um, in high school, and you know she didn't think like. You know, as much as she liked being proud of being the nerdy girl, um, she also kind of, like, realized its limits with how, like, popular she could be, Mm -hmm. or in this case, like, not popular. Um, And now she... But when she discovered magic, not only that, but she discovered that she was good at it, Mm -hmm. then she's like, I can... Like, if I'm good at this, I can be amazing. Uh I can be incredible. I can be great. And, uh, and yeah, and now she's at the point where she is so powerful. Mm-hmm. We've seen what she can do. And I mean, it's, it is like the power trip. She's like, now I am, but like, she also is still holding on to the willow, mm-hmm. like the willow of, of that time. She's like, oh, but I was always like doing it for good. And, you know, Tara calls it out, like I'm doing it to help people. And she's like, that's how it started. But yeah. now you're just helping yourself. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, she instantly she instantly suggests, like, I have a spell that can make Buffy forget that she was in heaven. Holy shit. Tara fucking loses it on her. Yeah, well, props to Tara for keeping it together. Yeah. Because she could have, like, while Anya and Xander were there, just been like, I know you fucking used that spell on me. Um, but no, she, like, she let them... Go answer the imaginary phone <laughs> that only dogs can hear, that only dogs Xander and Anya can hear. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she calls her out, and yeah, she says exactly what everybody was thinking, mm-hmm. um, and like you know, kind of makes the subtext of like you know I've been through hell from like the under your spell reprise. Mm-hmm. Um, she like makes the subtext text and saying like, how could you do that to me, especially after what happened with Glory? Yeah. She she firmly t- calls her calls it a violation, which I think is the word we've used several times because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just really I'm really glad to see Willow hear those words because it does it clearly does have an effect on her. Um, but yeah. unfortunately, just not yeah the, the effect it needs to have. And the sad thing is, I mean, you would think that after like Giles confronted confronted her and was like super super harsh but super like necessarily harsh mm-hmm. with her um he didn't mince words uh like you saw what little effect that had on her and you would hope that tara of all people would have the effect and you know at first she's like okay i'll, I'll give it up give it up like for a month and she's like do it for a week and she's like okay yeah i can do that a week's easy she doesn't even make it a day yeah you know, I think she could have made it a week if not for Tara's next line after she says a week. And I'm not blaming Tara. I want to be very clear. I'm not blaming Tara. This is all on Willow. But Willow suggests a month without magic. Tara says, go a week. Like, we don't need to go that far. Like, a week. And then she says, and the, and you can see Willow, like, lighten up and like, oh, yeah, a week is easy. I can do that. And Willow seems to be under the impression that going a week without magic is will solve this problem and it won't be an issue anymore. And I do think if the conversation had ended there, she would have successfully done it. Um, But Tara says a week and then we'll see. 
And, you know, she's like, I, I don't know. We might need a break. And that's the moment where Willow's resolve disappears because she doesn't have that guarantee of like, she wants it quick and easy. It's yeah. like, which is why she's using the magic so much. Like, it's, she, she doesn't want to actually do the work to fix the problem that she has caused. Mm-hmm. She wants to put in superficial work, like going a week without magic. But when she gets the confirmation that that might not even be enough, that's when she switches to, oh, I've got to do something big. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's frustrating to see. I do feel like it's very, like, I don't feel like this has come out of nowhere. I think the show's done a really good job of building Willow to this point. Because um, you mentioned, one of the things you mentioned was how powerful she is, which is totally a factor, of course. I think the other side of that coin is not, it's not just how powerful she is, but how quickly she became that powerful. Yeah. She became powerful so fast. She never learned, you know, you, Tara spent her whole life learning magic mm-hmm. and learning the rules and learning how to use it responsibly. Willow is just learning, focused on learning how much she can do how fast and without bothering with any of that. And, you know, now it's led to this. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's, I hate seeing one of my favorite characters going down this path, but it, it is good TV. Um, it is. And, um, it's what makes season six so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we've obviously seen, uh, care. We've obviously seen, uh, main characters go down a dark path. Um, that's what season two is all about. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's what the second half of season two is all about. Yeah. But I mean, that was like, that was very sudden. Um, with Angel turning right. into Angelus, this is this is something that has been building up for a good long time, mm-hmm. and I mean, I guess it's good because I do. I think I mentioned in our season five wrap up that it felt like season five didn't have a lot of focus on Willow and Tara, mm-hmm. but they were still able to like lay some groundwork down, yeah, for all of this, and it's coming to a head in season six, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not the only uh, confrontation that's happening. No, we now go to the magic box where Giles has informed Buffy that he has decided to go back to England. Uh, Buffy is pissed, and th- this we is mentioned where, that we were going to talk about. Yeah, this. this is where, and the, this is a thing where I do think I, I, it's not that I don't think Giles is acting out of character. I actually. I do think this is the thought process that Giles would have, and I do believe that this he believes he's doing the right thing. I simply don't agree with him. I think he is I think if the only issue were that Buffy weren't necessarily stepping up to the plate the way she needs to, I might be on his side here. But after what he just learned, this is not this is not, oh Buffy's not, you know, living up to her full potential. This is Buffy has just went through something seriously traumatic and she needs you there. She needs this support right now. Yeah, it's it's when you have to like think about just tough love because yeah. that's kind of what this is down to. And yeah. And I know, don't think this is the time for tough love. And that's, yeah. I don't know, like I'm I'm thinking about it. And yeah, it's it is traumatic. Um and it's just really hard to gauge, like, uh, and I guess maybe it's uh, it's hard for me to even think about this because 
I don't think I've ever been in a situation where somebody has depended on me the way mm-hmm. that Buffy has depended on um, Giles. I'm not a father, so mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't had like the whole oh, is it time that I like make like you know throw my children into the deep end? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's also like kind of really hard because I mean how we especially the and honestly I'm just now thinking of this, but the way that we view when children need support how long children need support mm-hmm. systems has changed drastically today yeah. from what it was in 2001 oh, absolutely because i mean you know you hear on the news how um uh, the percentage of uh of adults um in their 20s who are living with their parents is much higher than like now than it was you know even 20 years ago and obviously going further back because yeah. you know like the the programs that like would assist you the job markets the housing markets it's all fucked yeah and we're on like what recession three now since yeah. 2008 like yeah i mean shit we just had the second largest bank collapse uh, in like in u.s history this past weekend yeah and it happened in 48 hours yeah it's yeah so it's like so i can see how at the time the writers thought that like maybe this is maybe this is like i mean buffy's always been had stuff thrown at her earlier than anybody should yeah but maybe this is like what she needs to grow obviously like that's that's up to like see how she grows for the rest of the season um leave that in the hands of like who whether it's the right decision or not but i don't know if this if this would have played out the same way if buffy were made today yeah absolutely and of course you know the other side of this that we have to just acknowledge is that this was a this was a writing decision based on an actor choosing to leave the show yeah so you know i i think there are ways that they could have done it that maybe would have painted Giles in a slightly better light. Not that they even think that he's it's in a bad light. I just I just disagree with him about the effectiveness of this. From a yeah. writing standpoint though, I actually I do agree that removing Giles from Buffy's life at, at least for the moment probably is from a storytelling perspective, like the best yeah. way forward with her because arc. because they like you now have the added like abandonment yeah um just on all of the other crap that she's dealing yeah. with. I don't mind the writers forcing this onto Buffy. Yeah, I just don't I don't care from it coming from Giles. Um, and that like I said, it's not that I feel like it's uh necess- I, it's not that i think it's out of character or anything i just i just I'm, i want to shake him and be like no she needs you so much i mean <laughs> I, i'm just shake willow some more <laughs> uh, well, yes um yeah this the yeah buffy's pissed she's kind of like you she's just like you're wrong yeah and then just like stops off yeah i do love his line though where he says like i taught you everything you needed to know about being the Slayer. Your mother prepared you for everything you need for life. I thought that was really sweet. I, I it was. I, I also liked how um, he can't just flat out say that he loves her. Mm-hmm. Um, that like she's basically his daughter, but all he can say is that I can't bear to see you suffer. Yeah, and 
you know, as like, as long as he's here, he's always going to, so, and you know, like, maybe that's, like, we've always thought about, like, what it, what is, um, like, is this good for Buffy or not, but we also have to think about, like, is this good for Giles or not? True, that's a good point. Um, but we don't have to think about those things anymore because he's not a main character. <laughs> when, when you leave the credits, I don't care about your feelings. Unless, Unless you're, you're Tara. Or Tara. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, it would be really nice if we could actually get Tara into the credits. Uh, listen. Um, uh, anything else with Giles and Buffy before we... No, I think it's time we get into like the, yeah. like the, 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 the main attraction for the show. Yes. So, the next day, uh, the uh, Tara, Willow, and Dawn are leaving, are supposed to be leaving the house for a Scooby meeting at the Magic Box. Um, Willow, however, is not ready. She comes out, she's still, you know, brushing, is she brushing her teeth? Or is she just in the she's towel? Just in, she's just in a yeah. towel. Just in a towel and the fancy hair towel thing that girls can do. Um, and I think the uh, I think the implication is that oh I'm not using magic so this is taking me a lot longer to get ready yeah um, sexy getting ready so <laughs> <laughs> yes I was like oh man I can do it I can do a crazy ex girlfriend reference I love it <laughs> um, so yeah so she's just like go ahead I'll meet you and they're like cool um, I don't I don't know what it is about. Um, an episode where Willow and Tara break up that the writers, or I guess it wouldn't be the writers, but the hair and makeup team decided to, to do that, to regress Amber's hair to whatever that weird updo was. Also, like, they kind of just have, like, the Tara, like, the old Tara wardrobe as yeah. well. Because, like, I mean, and, you know, it sounds like we're shaming Tara. No, I'm not. I'm but... shaming the costuming and makeup people <laughs> and hair people. I mean, they, they showed us how amazing Tara can look with, like, you know... A wardrobe that like suits her, yeah, and you know, like hair that looks wonderful, and now it's just like, oh, I, this is like day one, Tara, yeah, season four. Which I mean, there is a moment we see her in the in the magic box where she, like her after their memories are ripe, where like her stutter is back, which we haven't heard her stutter in quite a long time. So I, I, it, there might have been some like purposeful like a yeah. bit of regression to that point, but. I didn't love it. Um, but, yeah, the fucking second they're out the door, Willow zaps on an outfit. She does look great. I just... I, no, it's, I, it's a fantastic outfit. It looks amazing. Um, but she could have just put that on. She could have just put her pants on. One you know, leg at a time. Yeah, like everyone else. She could put her bra on one boob at a time <laughs> like everyone else. Um, is that a Bob's Burgers? It is a Bob's okay. Burgers quote. Um... But no, and then she goes. Just she just she just swings so far in the opposite direction of what she needs to be doing. She pulls out a little crystal, uh, some more of the yeah. the lethe 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 maybe lethe. Um, the bramble. But yeah, this <sighs> and this is like this is villain Willow at this point yeah. because not only is she doing the spell to make Buffy forget. She's also going to make Tara forget this again. Yeah. Like, just, what the fuck? That, like, I mean, this is abuse. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and I don't know if that word's ever used, but it's, like, we've talked about violation, but, like, 
like this repetition, it is abuse. Yeah. And I don't think that at the time they probably couldn't get away with saying that. Well, I don't even think they would have thought of it in mm-hmm. those terms. Like it absolutely is. I think yeah. you're right, but I just think the definition of abuse, especially at this time, was like very specific to uh to physical and then like we're kind of starting to get into the discussion about like mental abuse um i just don't think the vernacular of the time would would have uh would have called it that but you're right it fucking is Mm -hmm. and it's just it it, you know it's that it's, it's the adage you know fool me once shame on me fool me twice or no wait no Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. But this time it's fool me once, shame on you. Wipe my mind again. What the fuck, Willow? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And of course, she doesn't even follow basic fire safety. Because she not only leaves the fucking bramble alight, she leaves like a whole bag of them right next to it. Willow. Also, the fact that she had a huge ass supply of this. Like, that's, that's, like, I mean, we, we said it was bad when she kept one in the bedroom. Right. But holy crap, girls got, like, memory, memory spell ready just to, like, she's throwing it around like it's Obliviate or something from right. Harry Potter. And, and, like, we can't even make the, the argument that it has many properties because we saw in Once More With Feeling that it is specifically used for memory and mind alteration spells. Yeah. Like... Yeah, she can't. She doesn't even have the excuse that it's just like, oh, it. It also makes great, uh, you know, uh, dish soap spells. <laughs> yeah, some things like some things are just used for memory spells. Some books only make bunnies. Yeah, <laughs> and like Jason and the Argonauts style <laughs> yeah. skeletons. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, and so basically, the spell that Willow performs. Uh, like, as soon as the brambles finish burning, like, the crystal that she has will go dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll then, like, ass- assumedly, Tara and Buffy will both forget their respective woes. Yes. Um, so, at the magic box, uh, Willow arrives. Um, did you notice what Tara and Anya were doing? No. They were having a thumb war. Really? <laughs> yeah, they were just like, <laughs> oh my god, that's great! Oh my god, I I just happened to notice because it, it never at any point like calls much attention to it. But they're sitting at the table I and they're I was just like, like I was so I was so busy just looking at Buffy like just being uber pouty, and you know <laughs> Dawn starts saying like, all right, so what oogly booglies do we have? Yes. <laughs> um, but the answer is no oogly booglies. Uh, Giles has an announcement, um, before he can, uh, uh, just spit it out, like Buffy's been, like, ordering him to, uh, Spike, uh, runs in, wearing, like, a tweed suit, Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, a cap sort of situation, and, uh, he explains that it's a, uh, it's a disguise from the Lone Shark, uh, that uh, whose name, by the way, is never said in the episode, but in either it's either in the credits or in like the script or something somewhere, uh, the shark is named Teeth. Um, okay. So, but he's in disguise. He's on the run from him. He needs asylum. Uh, cue mandatory Xander joke. Um, 
and uh, you know, all of this is just so he'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> just need to get him in the mix somehow mm-hmm. so that we can have him part of the episode. Uh, but yeah, Giles uh, explains to them that he's planning on leaving. Buffy's uh, Buffy starts to storm out, and she's uh, this part really hurts my heart because she starts to say the things that she needs to say and that they need to hear to be able to start moving past this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that if she had gotten out her little monologue here, she would have been like, oh, I feel much better. But I think it would have helped start that path. Because um, she, she tries explaining. She's like, everyone's saying they're sorry, but it just makes it worse. And like, you don't understand how it feels, how it felt and what it was like. And it's just another reason I'm mad at Willow, because I really think if Buffy had been able to get this off of her chest and say what she needed to say, she, you know, it would have been just one step closer to her getting back to her, you know, back to herself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, unintentionally, Willow deprived her of that. So, Willow... We're sending you to jail this week. (laughs) But for real jail this time. (laughs) (laughs) That just makes me think of um, Girl Meets World, like an early season two episode. The one where like Mr. Feeney finally had like a full guest starring episode. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're like, they're trying to dig the memory capsule up. That they like uh, buried years ago, but of course they buried it in Mr. Feeney's garden. So like, <laughs> digging up his garden, he shows up and and uh, you know Sean and Corey there. He's just like Mr. Matthews, Mr. Hunter. It's like you you know what this means? It's like detention, big boy detention. <laughs> Corey just says, "I won't do well in big boy detention." <laughs> oh, lovely. Um. But yeah, this is where Willow's uh, spell goes into full effect. Uh, Buffy collapses and is uh, followed shortly by everyone else. Um, They had either closed the magic box for this meeting or it was a slow day in there because... They didn't have any lights on when they they all came to at night. Yeah. Um, No customers came in or the lights had been on. A customer came in and was like, oh, shit. And they're from Sunnydale, so they know, like, not getting involved. So they just turn the lights off, <laughs> shut the door, like, turn the clothes side yeah, yeah, It's just this guy, he's walking in to buy, like, a new book or something. Let's call him Walter. No. Walter yeah, comes in, and he's like, all right, I've been really looking forward to this book. And, and uh, you know, like, maybe find out some, you know, fun little magic stuff to do. Walks in, sees, like room full of people collapse including like the you know that shop girl that always is like yelling at you to buy more things and he's like walter don't get involved this isn't your problem just just like leave pick up some chinese takeout Mm -hmm. like get some nice dumplings and then go home to your wife and just be like get the book later yeah and uh and then like he starts but you know walter's a good guy and he's like you know like that, I, I really want to support my small businesses. So, and I don't want anything bad happening to them. But I don't have the keys to lock the door. I'll turn off the lights. I'll close the door, and that that's all I can do. That that's it, Walter. You did a good thing today. Good job, Walter. Yeah, go home. Like, get your dumplings. Go home. 
Have a nice dinner with your wife. Yes. Go home. He walks in. He's like, Melissa, you won't believe it. (laughs) Do you know the newest owner of the magic shop? Murdered. (laughs) And she's like, again, they'll probably have it reopened in a couple weeks. Did you call the police? No, the last time I saw the police, they were singing at me. (laughs) And she's Melissa's like, you're right. You're right. The police (laughs) of this town are deeply stupid. Uh, and Walter and Melissa and their twins, Abby and AJ, they just go on and live their life. I love the Abby and AJ. What? That's just two nice names for kids. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Um, but enough about the Remington family. <laughs> Walter Remington. <laughs> Walter, Melissa, Abby, and AJ Remington. AJ Remington. He's either going to be like a like successful entrepreneur or a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> um, gay porn, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, but gay for pay. He's actually straight, but he's he does gay for pay porn. Hmm. Oh, so many gay porn stars are actually straight. I I guess I never would have guessed that. I I've never actually watched gay porn. So yes, the gang comes to. Um, but unfortunately they are memoryless. Uh, we should real quick work out some geography for everyone because it is important. Um, Willow, uh, and Xander were sitting next to each other when they, when they collapsed and Willow was wearing wearing Xander's coat. Yes. Because it it was was chilly out there. Um, uh, Anya and, uh, Giles had sat down next to Anya. So they are kind of together. Willow... Um, or no, well, Tara, Buffy, and Dawn, and Spike are all kind of in their separate spots. Um, but yeah, they, they come to, they are like, what the fuck is going on? Is it some sort of experiment? Did we all get super drunk and black out? Did we, what, what is happening? So I, I wrote this down. Um, this is always a good setup. Mm-hmm. I love the waking up and not knowing who anybody is. I mean, there's also the added wrinkle of not knowing who you are. Uh, but just, it, it actually kind of reminded me a bit of Saw. Like the I original was, Saw. Oh, see, I was thinking uh, Saw 2, but more just because there's more people. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I, I yes. guess I just thought of the the original one. Now, granted, like, you know, they're not chained up. There isn't like a dead person in the middle of the room. Well, there is. Spike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and in fairness, there wasn't a dead person in the room in Saw. That's a spoiler, dude. What I'm, if somebody wanted to watch that? What movie is 19 years old? God damn it. <laughs> right? I know. Wasn't that enough? Or no, it might be 20 years old. I think it was... Two, yeah, it was 2003. Wow. Uh, great movie, though. Oh, yeah. Fucking love Saw. Yeah. Um, I love saws one, two, six, and half of three. For me, it's a one. I love one, two, six, and uh, spiral. Oh right. yeah, spiral yeah. was really good. Um, I, like spiral. I liked three at five and a little bit of seven. I like the scenes in three that are. Jigsaw, Amanda, and the doctor, like the the surgery stuff. I love all of that. I'm less enthused about her husband going through all of the traps. It's just 
it's not bad, but I'm just like, no, I want to get back to the interesting stuff yeah. going on with those characters. Fair enough. <laughs> and yeah, like, I know Saw 7 gets a lot of crap. Um, there are some parts that I genuinely enjoy about mm-hmm. it, uh, especially the return of Carrie Ellis. Yes. Uh, Saw 5 is not good, but it is hella entertaining and has an amazing performance from Julie Benz, who... We love Julie Benz. This is a pro also, Julie like, Benz al- podcast. Also, that last, um, that last like trap that um, the detective's able to get out of, but the other guy like just found out. Like, oh, the the coffin, or no? He, the, yeah, he gets in the glass coffin, mm-hmm. and even though, but like you know, that saves him from the walls just smashing. Yeah, it's, it's gnarly. And, and you know, the reason that I like that is because there's so many movies. Where the walls are closing in, but, you know, the heroes are always able to, like, find the switch just at the right mm-hmm. time to, like, be able to get out of it. And you always wonder, like, God, I wonder what would happen if, like, yeah, actually, like, somebody got smushed. Saw five. Yeah. Oh. There is one thing I will say about Seven that just is an is unforgivable sin of that movie for me. It's that after seven movies of build-up towards it. We, oh, the reverse. The reverse bear trap. Yeah, the reverse looks bear like trap. shit. Yeah, it's really because it's like we it we like we've been building up to that trap finally going off you know, properly. And I uh, bet I bet like um, they had to do it a certain way because that movie's in three D, right? Uh-huh. That's why the yeah. blood looks like shit. Yeah, it's all pink. So they they had to do it like a certain way to like maybe get the maximum out of like the three D. Oh yeah, but uh, it just didn't work well for uh. that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, wow. <laughs> so when they wake up, it's like a Saw movie, yeah. But with less being crushed between walls and having your face ripped open and uh, uh, being beaten to death with the lid of a toilet. Basically, I love. I just love like this premise of mm-hmm. of like just waking up with zero knowledge whatsoever, and you don't know if you can trust the people that are around you but you know that you have to work together i think um i think like a little bit of a miss here um for the episode is that everybody just kind of immediately trusted each other yeah it w- and uh, the only like really questioning comes when joan finds out that randy <laughs> is a vampire yeah and, and she gets over that pretty quickly yeah um but i mean we've already done so much and uh, this works well for the story, yeah. but I feel like a good one always has that implication of like, can you trust these people, mm-hmm. even though you know you have to like, you know you need their help. Yeah, it's so funny because I think of this as a, um, you know, as a high a high concept episode, um, but when you think about it, it's 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 essentially a bottle episode for the most part. Um, and it's almost certainly done as a cost-cutting measure after once more after feeling. once more the feeling because you've got a low concept or like low budget concept of a memory loss. Um, you know, for the most part, we're only in uh, we're only following our main characters, which is a couple minor characters, and then the episode takes place in the cemetery, Buffy's house, the magic box, Xander's apartment. Sewers. And the bronze and the sewers, all of which are existing sets. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I, I I love when they can make. Oh no! Epi- bottle like, episodes bottle. end up being like some most some of the best, some very beloved episodes of the series because 
it, it's the ability to be able to use what you have to the fullest extent yeah. of it and that normally brings out really great stuff i mean from friends to community yeah i'm like really fucking stoked about uh one we're gonna get an angel next season um which actually kind of calls the trope out a bit mm-hmm. um yes the uh the memory memory less scoobies start to try to kind of figure out who they are um the uh most of them get their names the ones who have wallets yes uh, uh, unfortunately the summers the summers women and spike uh none of them have wallets for some reason yeah uh dawn i can get she's still a kid um and like i don't think i got my first id till i was around 15 or so um see i got my first id in eighth grade but the reason is because uh we all needed to get like uh, our eighth grade trip was to uh, washington dc mm. and we were also going to uh tour the pentagon but we had to have like some form of id gotcha. so i actually got like a a pre-id that like you know wasn't a driver's license because mm-hmm. you know you don't want to think like oh my id is my driver's license right but yeah this is like an id that's just an id um I it, we I understand why Buffy doesn't have a driver's license, <laughs> but sh- Buffy, you're an adult. You should have an ID of some sort. It's actually, I mean, I know this is true in Kentucky. I don't know if it's true in California, but I think it's true across the, the nation that like at a certain age, it's actually illegal not to have some sort of identification on you, hmm. um, like like official identification. Um, Tara and Willow have their UC Sunnydale uh uh ids um they after willow and xander or alex um (laughs) incorrectly identify themselves as a couple willow suspects that she and tara might be study buddies um uh really really fun thing uh like nice things to point out one um xander and willow uh being together immediately seems weird to them Mm mm-hmm um and also uh when willow says her name's willow she says weird name tara says i think it's cute yeah i love that i love it just kind of speaks to xander's i guess innate insecurity when he's like uh your jacket says harris my name's harris maybe i have a brother that you date and so here's like here's a really good thing i'll bring up like yeah maybe my best observation in this episode I'll let you all judge that. But um, <laughs> so, what the memory loss does, and honestly, like, sort of in a weird way, works and will like works to show that Willow is like, oh, these are definitely the benefits of doing this. Mm-hmm. Is that it does kind of take them back to their earlier days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a way, we get like Xander's insecurities, um, Tara stutters. I mentioned Tara stutters, um, but. When the vampires show up and everybody's like crouched behind the, the um, like the desk, the cash, where the cash register mm-hmm. is. Why, why am I blanking on it? Cashier stand. What the counter? I guess so. I guess <laughs> it is just a counter. Yeah. Um, but uh, while everybody's ducking behind that, they're like, "Oh, what should we do?" Willow is the one who says, 
we need to like find the locks, make sure that they're mm-hmm. uh, that all the other doors are locked, and then like move furniture and heavy furniture in front of those doors. She is resourceful. Yeah, and we haven't had that in a long time. That isn't magic related. Yeah, and that's who Willow was. I mean, Willow was so capable of doing amazing things, even in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. She just needed like Buffy and other people to kind of like let her know, like, "Hey, you are amazing." I think. Yeah. There were even scenes where Xander says, like, Willow's amazing. Same with Buffy. Yeah, it's, um, I'm even thinking of, like, the episode that comes to mind, even though it's an episode where she does use magic, she's using it resourcefully, is in season three, Choices, when she's kidnapped by the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kills the vampire by levitating a pencil. She manages to steal a bunch of pages out of the book. She gets a fucking sock in the jaw for it, but she tells Faith off, like... Um, I was like so impressed with Willow in that episode, and it's not that I haven't been impressed with her since, but but you're right, she's she's just it's it's shortcut after shortcut for her now. Yeah, and it, it's just like it was really cool. Like I probably didn't notice that on the first watch through of um, just how like that is that is Willow if you take away the magic. Mm-hmm. She is a very resourceful young woman. Yeah. Um, Giles and Anya. Uh, Anya. Anya believe that they're engaged. Uh, uh, Spike, aka Randy. Because he has uh, no identification, but this. the suit that he has stolen was apparently um, like stitched uh, lovingly for Randy. Uh, he is. He believes that he and Giles are father and son. Because um, they're both British. Because they're both British. <laughs> and he's like, I'm, he's like, he's pissed about the name Randy uh, for listeners who don't know. <laughs> In British slang, Randy uh, means horny. horny. Or um, desperate for a shag. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the only characters who actually successfully identify what their relationship to each other is are Buffy and Dawn. Um, who, after some... Luckily, Dawn has a necklace with her name yes, on it. Yes, Umad. Good thing she didn't, like... Good thing she wasn't wearing a stolen necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, your name must be Sarah. <laughs> um, Buffy decides to name herself. Uh, she names herself Joan, which pretty obvious Joan of Arc parallels there. I think mm-hmm. I don't. It's, I don't feel like we need to comment more on other than like yeah. But yeah, um, I have Dawn's to say a that, dick about it. <laughs> yeah, I have to say like you know some of the other interactions are great, but I think the best interactions come between Giles. Anya and Spike. Oh yeah. Um, the whole like just <laughs> Spike just um, Randy just like lays into Giles, just like oh I must despise you, and and when he finds out that like uh, Anya is engaged, he's like oh great, and stepmother who's like half the age of the old man, which <laughs> is hilarious because Spike is about two hundred years older than Giles, and. Anya's got a good thousand years on both of them. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so good. And and then, then we get the scene that I feel like was like the, the visual that was being built up to for the entirety of this scene. I mean, we both know what our promo image is for this. Yes, episode. yes. It's the knock on the door. The gang or the gang is like trying to go to a hospital so they can like get some like get some sort of help 
and they see vampires at the door and everybody screams. They're like, oh my god. And if you you have plenty of chances to look at everybody's inter- like everybody's initial reaction. Um, pay attention definitely to spikes. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's good. good. Because but this will become um, next season a an opening image. Yes. And it is fantastic. I love this. I remember when I saw this the first time, I lost my shit. Well, laughing it's so hard so at it. It's so funny because it's so out of character. Three vampires, whatever. Like, that's nothing <laughs> for them. Even Xander would be like, <laughs> I mean, he'd be like, three's a little much for me, but I could probably st- stay alive. If I had a weapon, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yes, they close the door, they, they, they hide. The, um, the vampires are yelling, Spike. And uh, you know, give us Spike and, and the Slayer sl- and Slayer. Uh, they mishear Slayer as slay her. So they are going to slay a female person, and they want spikes. And so uh, Randy finds a bat. I-, I feel like we should just refer to Miss Randy as while the spell is in place. I agree. Um, Randy finds uh, a bag of steaks, and he's like, "These must be the spikes that they want." <laughs> um, this is so good and honestly it's this I mean once more feeling is an all time great this is like this is a hell of a way to follow it oh up. fuck yeah like I mean you I think it's very rare in a in a TV show in any TV show that you have like an all time great episode and then that's immediately followed by another one mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, they pull it off in this, and I'm not like counting two parters or anything, right? Uh, but yeah, they pull it off in this, and like, and unfortunately, like you know, because once more the feeling is that is the the episode that it is. Everybody thinks about that, and and a lot of people forget about it, just how good Tabula Rasa yeah. is. Oh, it's so good. Um, so while um, uh, Anya has a great line where she uh. Uh, Joan is like, what's up with these guys? And Anya's just like, they're bloodsuckers. They suck blood for sustenance. Take it easy, Joan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, She's still Anya at her core. Well, and that's the thing. These characters are still themselves, Mm -hmm. even with that. Because, like, I made the joke that, uh, oh, they're still doing their whole, like, uh, Mamie Wamey. Like, they they still Uh, got their, their idiosyncrasies. It's just that they don't have the memories that go with them. Yeah, and it's with you know it's good. I'm glad you said that because with the, out those memories, but still with their innate personalities intact, we are seeing a Buffy that has confidence uh, in herself. I guess. Yeah, we haven't seen since probably, as soon as she finds out that she's a superhero. Yeah, yeah. I, we haven't seen well, even before that. She's still pretty take charge. Like yeah. she's we. Um, this is a Buffy I don't think we've seen since before Joyce died, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and which is, it's I love seeing it, but it also just makes it all the more heartbreaking when the memories come back. Yeah. And that that is a, such a rough moment for the episode. Like a good rough, but like. Um, but yes, before we get there though, um, while Xander, while Alex and Willow were. Uh, 
locking all the doors. They found uh, the trapdoor in the cellar that leads to the sewers. Um, they, um, they, they have deduced that uh, the, cause the vampires, when they got in, attacked Spike specifically. Buffy deduces that's who they're after. I'm sorry, Randy and Joan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Joan comes up with a plan. The rest of them are going to go through the sewers to find help at the hospital while she and Randy distract the vampires. Um, uh, Anya and Giles decide to stay behind at the store to maybe find a mystical solution to the problems that they're having. Uh, and I love that as Randy's about to leave, Giles does say, like, son. <laughs> and then they do, like, the... The most awkward bro hug. Yes. Um... The, the back slap. The... Yeah, I... <laughs> Love it. It's like, you know, because Giles doesn't know if this is gonna be the last time he sees his son. So I know, I know it's silly, but it's actually kind of heartwarming. It is, and <laughs> it's well, and it's the same way when Giles and Anya mend their relationship. I'm like, oh, I was, I was weirdly invested in this relationship for its short existence. I was too. Um. Uh, did I weirdly start kind of shipping Giles and Anya? A little bit. A little bit. It's so funny because, like, you know, there's an age discrepancy, but not the way you think. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, we cut back and forth, so it might just be easiest to just follow, like, thread by thread. Yeah, thread by thread. So, uh, which thread would you like? Let's start with Giles and Anya's, just because it's... It's the lightest. It's the lightest. It's really just there for the laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Anya's intuition uh, leads her to a book. Uh, she She's like, I'm a magic store owner, so I'm just going to follow my intuition. And Giles is like, well, me too. Um, and she's like, yeah, but I think you're more the books guy. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> Not wrong. Um, but she... Um, she opens it up randomly and just starts saying the first spell that she sees, which conjures a rabbit. <laughs> a bunny. A bunny. <laughs> and she uh, for the, I'm sure that you guys <laughs> did not forget that she had a whole song about it could be bunnies. Oh my god. In gosh. this episode, it is bunnies. It is. And yeah, she just goes on and on. And apparently, the only thing in that book is. Is rabbits is spells to conjure rabbits, or maybe maybe that is an incredibly helpful book full of useful spells. But if somebody doesn't know what they're doing and does a spell properly, the side effect is rabbit. Listen, I'm into that. <laughs> what do you what do you want to bet? The second that their memories came back, that book went in the trash. Was <laughs> <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> She's like, even I will eat the cost of this. <laughs> um, she and and again, like as proof that even though their memories are gone, their idiosyncrasies are still there. Anya is still afraid of bunnies, uh-huh. and specifically wanted to stay behind to protect the cash register. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but um, while this, uh, well, before she has started conjuring rabbit after rabbit after rabbit after rabbit. Uh, Giles discovers his plane ticket uh, in his pocket. Um, One way. One way, yes. 
she won't listen when he tries to tell her to try a different book. Eventually, at some point, uh, she has summoned a, a skeleton that he is sword fighting. <laughs> and then, finally, there's they're hiding behind the counter, whisper fighting, while... Uh, a green fog has descended and some sort of unseen creature I can only imagine a giant rabbit um, <laughs> is uh, is uh, causing chaos in the store um, and that's when Giles reveals that uh, you know he's like uh, as they're fighting he's like this is why I'm leaving you and he shows her the ticket a one way ticket to London and out of this engagement she gets offended she throws her ring over the counter, and then she's like, look what you did. Now that thing's going to eat my ring. <laughs> um, they, uh, after calming down, they apologize to one another. Um, there's a really sweet moment at the beginning before they've started summoning rabbits where she's like, this must be nice for us, spending time together. <laughs> um, and they make up. Which lead the the music swells. Uh, they he swoops her down for a kiss, um, and this is where the spell for is broken. But we'll get in back this storyline. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, um, let's go with Joan and Randy. Let's go with Joan. And, I was I was thinking the same thing. Um, Joan and Randy are finding the vampires. Uh, uh, Randy vamps out without realizing it. He's like, one oh, of the vampi- I have super yeah, One too. of the vampires comes into the magic box, um, mm-hmm. and Joan is able to, and Joan like is being pulled, like they grab Randy, and then um, they also grab Joan. Joan is able to like break free, and then like, uh, and she just has the instinct to stake yeah. the vampire, and she's like, I'm kind of like a superhero. That's so cool. Yeah. And and I said like nice little glory callback. Glory but callback. Can she fly? No, <laughs> <laughs> not without glory's help. Um. So uh, as they're as Joan and Randy are running away, like Randy's obviously like trying to fight uh, some vampires as well, and this leads to him vamping out, and he like is able to hold his own. He turns around like, hey Joan, I'm a superhero too, and that causes uh, Joan to see him and just run away in fright. And, yep. Randy does follow, though. Yeah. He catches up with her, and he's like... Uh, she, she tackles him. They're... Um, uh, they're actually in front of uh, the the Remington house. Walter and Melissa are like, like, outside. They're like, what the fuck? And Walter's like, oh my god, that's one of the bodies I saw. It's like, all right, kid. All right, AJ. AJ and um, Abby. Uh-huh. Into the basement. In the basement. <laughs> to close the curtain. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, and Walter, once again, is like... Don't get involved, Don't get Walter. Involved. <laughs> Kids, who wants to watch Tarzan? How, how green was my valley? How green was my valley? <laughs> um, so Randy's like, "What the fuck? What's going on?" And she's like, "You're a vampire." And he, you know, checks his face. He checks his teeth, and he's like, "They're both like, what the fuck?" He's like, "But you kill vampires, yeah, and I kill humans. Why don't we want to kill each other?" Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Who's ready for their meta joke of the week? Uh, Rand- Randy deduces that he must be a good vampire. A noble vampire. On a quest for redemption. A quest for redemption. He helps the helpless. He's a vampire with a soul. To which Joan responds, a vampire with a soul? How lame is that? 
Alright, let's, let's all get our shots in on Angel. Oh, uh, it's such a cheap joke, but I... I you know, no, no, it's, it's really it's funny. It's really funny. <laughs> um, especially coming from Buffy. Like, yeah. Um, it, it does, uh... Gosh, I like... I, I want to bring up something from the Buffy comics. Um, specifically, like, a reference to a certain other vampire franchise. Mm-hmm. Um... But uh, I don't know if that, like, technically counts as a spoiler or not. I, I think I know what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Although... Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, vampires do vampires and the lone shark do eventually catch up. Yeah, they, uh, they're they fighting. It's a pretty cool fight scene. Um, Buffy uses part of a mailbox uh, to, to stake a vampire. Now Walter will never be able to pay his bills because there's no... Well, hopefully there's a mail slot on the door. Hopefully. Yeah, Bill, he'll have to get that replaced uh, soon. And, or just start picking up his mail at the mail... Post office. Post office. I was like, I was like, mail office <laughs> At the mail right. place. <laughs> at the mail store. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is when, uh, uh, during this fight, uh, the spell is broken, but we'll just stop there and come back to it. Uh, Let's go into the sewers. Yeah, down in the sewers. Um, uh, Sander, Willow, Tara, and Dawn are fleeing the sewers. However, uh, Dawn immediately attracts a vampire to them by singing the ants go marching one by one. Okay, Umad. Um <laughs> They, uh, so they, they hide. There's a lot of cat and mouse here. They're running and hiding. Um, but, uh, in one of their hiding spots, Tara and Willow get very, very close. Mm-hmm. It's very sensuous. Um, and this leads to, uh, li- a little later, um, Willow's checking in on Dawn, and Dawn says, like, oh, you know, I mean, it feels scary, but also a little familiar. That's weird. <laughs> She's like, how are you? And she's like, well, you know, I'm hiding in the sewer from a vampire. I think I'm kind of (laughs) gay. Call back. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, eventually the vampire does find them. Um, Tara and Willow are running, but they fall and Willow lands on top of Tara. Uh, The vampire goes after Xander. Uh, Don tosses him a broken piece of wood and yells, Alex! Uh, a very weird yell. It is. And it, 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 there's just something so strange about hearing Xander called Alex. And it makes I, sense. Like, I get it. That's yeah, the more it's common just that, nickname. Like, yeah, it's just that, like, I mean, I, I feel like a, nobody referred to him as that um, since, like, I don't even know if he referred to himself as that. No. Wait, he just said Alexander Harris. So, I mean... Maybe it wouldn't have seemed as weird if one other person had called him Alex once in the episode, yeah. but that didn't happen. Um, I it always makes me laugh though, just because I have that moment of his name's not Alex. <laughs> um, but yes, if you met someone named Alexander, you're more likely to call them Alex than Xander. Yeah. Um, I believe I've only met one person. Well, and I haven't even met them. They're like that. I just know that like one of my friends calls her brother. Xander mm. and um, everybody else is Alex. I say I 
every Alexander I've ever known, either one by Alex or Alexander. Mm-hmm. I, we, we do listen to a podcast where one of the hosts is named Alexander, but his sister, who's the other host, calls him Zandy. Um, okay. But I don't think that's what he typically goes by. I think that's more, like, like more of a sibling mm-hmm. thing. But, um, so, uh, Xander stakes the vampire. Um, he, uh, Willow and Tara are having a moment. They're about to the, kiss. The, uh, crystal has fallen out of yeah. Willow's pocket. Fucking crystal. And then, um, as Xander's getting up, he steps on it. So I guess Xander's the one who saves the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... This is brutal. The memories come back immediately, and... Well, not immediately. Um, I think maybe the more recent memories come back yeah. immediately, because there's, like, a brief moment where uh, Xander, like, laughs because he ju- he says he just remembers King Ralph again. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it's maybe the more recent, immediate ones come back. But, uh, yeah, obviously the most heartbreaking one is seeing willow and tara like tara just me like pushes willow off Mm -hmm. of off of her because i she immediately knows what she did the second and you see it and it's it's a beautiful performance from amber benson she doesn't even say anything um there are no words spoken between the two but yeah the second her memory comes back she looks at willow with such contempt and like disgust yeah um and yeah she pushes her back Xander and uh, Xander and Don see the crystal, and even they're like, "Oh shit!" Like even they put the yeah, pieces they, together. Yeah, and they look at Willow, and I think they're like, maybe they obviously don't have like the same contempt that uh, that um, that Tara has, but they probably like they give it this look like, "How could you do that?" Yeah. Well, and Xander in particular. I mean, yes, he and Anya left the room, but there's no way they didn't hear oh, yeah. that conversation between Tara and Well, Willow. I mean, it's like it's like anytime you leave the room when like somebody's having an argument, you don't leave the room. You put your hand <laughs> you put your ear to the keyhole and you listen like yeah. a good friend. Exactly. <laughs> um uh Anya and Giles uh, the spell is broken and they find themselves kissing each other and they're like, oh my god, <laughs> and immediately start to clean the store. Yep. Uh, it reminds me of the episode of um, that 70s show where Red and Kitty catch Donna and Eric having sex on the kitchen table. Um, and there's just the scene at the very end of the episode that's just the two of them like furiously scrubbing the table. <laughs> um, I think one of them has a line that's like, it's no good, we just have to get a new one. <laughs> Um, and then, yes. Uh, it wasn't Eric and, it was, I think it was Bob and Midge, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't think they ever caught them, like, actually having sex. Um, you're right, it was Bob and Midge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then out in the street, uh, Joan's having street a shark. grand old time. <laughs> she's, she's about to stake a vampire, and she's like, that'll teach you to mess with Joan the vampire. And then her memories come back. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, it is so hard to watch. She stops dead in her tracks. The smile's gone. Uh, her eyes are blank. You know, all of this trauma just yeah, and like, returns in and, an instant. And, and it allows vampires to like kind of like get the jump on her. Yeah, she gets hit in the face. She gets knocked down. And she just lies there. Mm-hmm. Like, she just lies there on the ground while she's getting attacked. Um, 
and and Spike has to, you know, Spike has to rescue her because um, she's just she like goes catatonic. It, yeah. It's very reminiscent of uh, the end of Spiral after Dawn gets taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's oh, it's just such a. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine the trauma that she's going through. And I, I, I can't, I especially can't imagine just having that trauma re-downloaded into your brain after yeah. forgetting it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm the, pretty pissed at Willow. The Lone Shark, uh, Lone Shark says, like, uh, oh, how about I forgive your debt or whatever, because, um, like, all of his boys have been killed. Yeah. And uh, Spike's like, oh, I'm no Welcher. Um, he's got honor Spike has yeah <laughs> and uh, he tries to talk to Buffy but gives gives her his hand but she just like gets up on her own and just walks away yeah down in the sewers um, Xander and Don are like hey we should get back and uh, Willow just kind of stares at Tara and Tara just doesn't say anything she just and yeah Willow walks away defeated and Tara starts to cry and and there we get uh, my favorite musical moment of the show I think it's so successful at just pulling the rug out from under us you know everything was so fun and funny and it in a way it made us forget you know how bleak things have been and then um, Buffy is at the bronze where Michelle Branch is singing goodbye to you which is a beautiful song. Um, And uh, meanwhile, while that's happening, uh, Giles is on a plane and Tara is packing her stuff. We see Spike approach Buffy. It's a sub-montage of stuff. Yeah. um, Important thing is that uh, once Tara has all of her stuff packed, um, Mm -hmm. Willow's obviously like, you know, staying away. Um, and Tara, like, sees Dawn at the door of the house. And, you know, she tries to, like, go towards Dawn, but Dawn is like, no. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I know I can't be mad at Dawn, but I'm a little mad at Dawn because, uh, like, you know, she's like, oh, God, like, and, you know, she's probably just projecting the whole, like, oh, my parents, I've seen this before, my parents mm-hmm. have split before. Um, but I think she's also, like, very much unaware of what uh like she's only slightly aware of what Tara has gone through yeah and we can't even it's it you know it's such a short scene it's and Don obviously looks pissed but it's it's hard to tell if that's she's mad at Tara Tara just mad at the situation or just mad at the situation and doesn't want to be confronted by it um but it's still heartbreaking to see and I the pain in Tara's eyes when Don like storms off too because well yeah because I mean they've been taking care of her for For, like, half a year now. Yeah. Um, Willow's crying in the bathroom. As I mentioned, Giles is on the plane. Uh, Spike comes up to Buffy, but she just ignores him. Uh, However, though, we end the episode of a kind of a pan of the bronze. uh, As uh, Michelle keeps singing. And we round a corner to find... Uh, ending basically the same way we did last week with Buffy and Spike uh, passionately kissing one another. Mm-hmm. Very healthy. It's certainly not a drama response. Yeah. And um, I, I did I mention it last week why I'm not a huge fan of like 
of relationships like that that are yeah 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 we talked about yeah that. Bro- yeah it's and that's kind of why I like never really get the people who ship Buffy and Spike. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm much more a fan of their of of like of like the end of their relationship, um, like at the end of the show, mm-hmm. uh, and I like that better than just like the flat out romantic thing. Yeah, I think. I think the thing is people people love an enemies to lovers trope. Yeah. And which fair. I I, I enjoy it sometimes too. Um but I think people want to, not everyone. You know, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush, but I think a lot of people want to like this pairing because of the chemistry between Sarah and James, which is like undeniable. Yeah, it, it's I, like, good. But um, that they are willing to overlook or look past some of just, you know, how it's built in inherently unhealthy patterns mm-hmm. for both characters. Yeah. Um, or, or they may just not realize it. I mean, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, at the beginning of Game of Thrones season seven, how like everybody was like, yeah, John and Daenerys get together. <laughs> I mean, just forget the fact that they're like um, that they're technically like you know um, aunt and nephew. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's not really a huge issue in Game yeah, of Thrones. This is... But like, but then like you see, as much as you like want it to work, those last few episodes of Game of Thrones, you're like, oh hey, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> So, yeah, Tabula Rasa. Uh, thoughts, Jason? Bad episode, right? Really bottom of the barrel <laughs> shit we're dealing with. Oh, here. man, like, you know, they, <laughs> they just phoned it in after <laughs> after once more. They really did. Um, no, this, this episode's great. Um, and as it, and, you know, you mentioned that it's like a high concept episode, but it's just like once more the feeling in that it takes this high concept mm-hmm. and uses it to further the story yeah. of the of it because like you know from the out, from the outside perspective uh once more is the the musical episode tabula mm-hmm. ross is the memory loss episode but that's not the main point of the story the yeah. main point of the story is what these characters are going through and basically this is the fallout of mm-hmm. everything of everything that's happened to the season up until this point yeah and this is like when, I mean, we're going to start getting back to the trio and uh, we're going to start seeing where Willow's path takes her and all of that. But this is kind of like the wrap up of the first part of the season, mm-hmm. which is kind of signified by Giles, like leaving for good this time. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, it's such a significant episode. I mean, mm-hmm. look at, I mean, three major things happen. Buffy and Spike kind of cementing the, you know, the kiss and once more feeling was not a one-time deal, despite Buffy's protests to the contrary. Giles well, say is that gone. they're ending it kissing once more <laughs> with feeling. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Giles leaving is massive, as is uh, Willow and Tara breaking up. And so, yeah, like I, these two episodes are really kind of the bridge of like the beginning of this season you know, we're, we're firmly into act two now mm-hmm. of, of season six. Um, 
So yeah, let's see where that journey leads us. Uh, what 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 would you rate this episode, Jason? You know, I I feel like I feel like I may have like found a couple things that were wrong, like, that I wasn't a huge fan of in this episode. But it honestly is just outweighed by everything that's done right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say if anything, like a couple characters were underserved, basically just Xander and Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, e- even with like a episode that features just the just the main characters, it's hard to like give everybody the focus that they need. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know what? It's it's not a it's not a perfect five, but it's a five nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I you know my only thing with this episode is that like. I found that I didn't laugh at as many of the jokes, but that's not the episode's fault. It's just, I've seen it a lot. And yeah. so, you know, that's just what happens when you watch something. The joke When the jokes aren't as fresh, you don't always laugh at them as much. And, and, but... maybe, and maybe this time you're just dialed in more to the drama. Yeah. So, um, which, you know, especially for something like this podcast, where we were focused more on the dramatic side of this episode um, rather than the funny side, because that's what's important to discuss for a mm-hmm. format but but yeah five for me as well i i just think it's really strong um and, and i just appreciate that the show can do a high concept episode uh comedy episode like a memory loss while still tying it into its larger um uh character arcs so yeah i love it me and too just, uh, i just love that i just love that song it's just it's a good song. Really is the cherry on top. All right. Would you like to take us out? Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 3, Episode 9, Lullaby. Yeah. Another fucking Another banger. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, man, this is so much. <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. I feel like I'm starting to sound a little bit like Elizabeth Banks at the Oscars right now. Oof. Like, <laughs> I felt so bad for her. I was like, someone please let, someone get her off that stage. She's, get her a vitamin C. But damn it, did I love her bringing on that guy the bear costume. It was fun. It was fun. I had actually just seen Cocaine Bear like a couple days before. Um, the bear looks great in that movie. I was I think I was uh, I, if I have the time this weekend, I think I might do a double feature of 65 and Cocaine Bear. Uh, nice. Do a creature feature. Nice. Cocaine Bear was a lot of fun. I had a blast. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for snakes on the plane energy. I had to do more than snakes on a plane. It felt more in on the joke than snakes on a plane. Okay. Like, Looking forward to it yeah. then. Anyway. Um, did you already give your socials and everything? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yes. And each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we are highlighting the Brain and Behavior Research Foundation. The Brain and Behavior Research Foundation is committed to alleviating the suffering caused by mental illness by awarding grants that will lead to advances and breakthroughs in scientific research. 100% of all donor contributions for research are invested in their grants to scientists leading to discoveries and understanding causes and improving treatments of mental health disorders in children and adults. 
Visit www.bbrfoundation.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Bye. Bye.